1: What's going on, guys? It's boy Anthony, back with another edition of the 4th Man Podcast. And wrapping up Week 7 in Charlotte, we're headed into Week 8, into Detroit, the final week of the regular season. And we're pretty much in a wild, wild west scenario right now with multiple teams still in contention heading into the final week. No one has solidified their playoff spot yet. And we got a great episode to break down last week. And also, what, happened, what could happen this week, kind of break down at least the scenarios in place for this week. Also, I got some news for you on this episode as we're pretty much recording the day of that this is happening, and we had a great interview on the back end with someone who's playing for a contending team, Jamario Moon, as you've probably read by the title, of Triplets. So all of that into this episode should be another good one. Before we get into the episode, as always, make sure you're following on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, at Man Pod. that's 4thmanpod. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, hit that notification bell. YouTube.com slash fourth man pod. And for those of you at Believe Network, we appreciate you as always for allowing us to have a platform talk about the big three. All right, let's jump into it. I guess let's just start with last week. Two more teams eliminated, threes company and bivwap fall. Pretty much every four and two team went against another four and two team. We had seven four and two teams last week. The only team that didn't go against the four and two team was enemies who was playing for a Threes company team. Hey, that was hanging on for dear life at this point, but it was a two and four team of Threes company and Michael Beasley putting on a show able to keep them alive and enemies ultimately fell, unfortunately. But anyways, that's besides the point. We're now at a point where we have three, five and two teams, four, four and three teams, and we still have technically four open slots at, at the moment. So, it's going to be a, a crazy week eight. I'm um, kind of just how some things went down. I I thought the first two games were supposed to be really good. I felt like there were some teams that came out with pretty much teams that came out on a mission and other teams who, I don't want to say didn't take it as seriously by any means. That's that's definitely not became the, the case, but maybe came out a little bit flatter than they had hoped for. I felt like it was the case for a couple of teams in the first two games where Triplets just got out to an early lead and ultimately took down Ballhawks. They got out to an early lead and they finished strong and they took down Ballhawks 50 to 34. Trilogy also won 50 to 34 after kind of a an interesting start. It wasn't it was a Hesigarden he his you know, his home return. He's he's a Charlotte kid and it wasn't the fastest of start that we're used to, but we saw Earl Clark doing what he does. He seems to always especially late in the season when it's crunch time really coming to clutch. We saw that. He was big in the first half. Hesley God came alive in the second half. They also won 50-34. And then killer threes and power, maybe the best game of the day. That one was kind of came down to be a nail-biter. I mean, Glenn Rush Jr. had a chance to win at the end with a four-point free throw, ultimately misses. And Dominique Johnson hits the game, winning three. It, uh, pretty much securing that win, 51-46. to 46. That one looked like a game where power was going to come out flat. And maybe they did come out flat, but they definitely were were on the comeback for sure. Down thirty six to nineteen at one point, you know, you can kind of throw them in the towel and hope for the best in week eight. But we all know point differential maybe not as much as this year, but it always matters to an extent, especially if you're tied with another team. And so ultimately, they they made the run, almost came all the way back, but Kelly Threes was able to hang on to move on to five and two. I mentioned enemies and Threes company. I was pretty much Threes company. Who ran away with it there at the end. Michael Beasley had 26 points. Am I am I, am I getting that right here? 26 points, 27 points, 15 rebounds. I just want to make sure I was correct. Had a killer game, had an A and one on a reverse layup to end it. And for the last game, it was pretty much two teams fighting to stay alive for another week and just hope for the best. Hopefully, if things fall in their place, maybe they could slip into the playoffs. Tri-State and Biblack, both teams at 2 and 4. Biblack had a little bit of a disadvantage because of their point differential being so so high or so low. So low. Minus, they, were, they were like minus 40-something. So it was going to have to be a huge day for them. But Tri-State, uh, you know, it, it was a chance for Biblack to kind of say like, hey, if we're not making it, you're not making it. And it wasn't Jason Richardson who took over. It was Justin Dittman who put up 31 points to keep Tri-State alive for another week to not only knock out Bivlap for good, but also knock out Three's Company because they need to win by 10 or more, or nine or more, and they won by 11. So big performances all around. Justin Dittman was incredible. Beasley was incredible. But that leads us into a week eight where there's some very interesting scenarios. First, I should mention and address a couple things because if you are already following the show on social media, I put out a couple things And I've been talking to a couple of people in the community, but I feel like this is for everyone to know. Uh, First and foremost, it doesn't look like Isaiah Briscoe of Trilogy is going to return for the rest of the season. I know that we've mentioned a couple of times that and it might just be here. There hasn't been necessarily direct, but he's gotten some kind of opportunity in China. I don't know the exact opportunity. There was a point from what I heard is that he wasn't even going to play this season. But ultimately, I guess whatever was happening wasn't you know, come into fruition as as soon as he, he thought. So he decided to play. Um, and then it did come through. So, my, so f- from my understanding, he's not going to be returning for Trilogy the rest of the year. Scalabrini said on the broadcast that they were expecting him for week eight, which is why I posted that. But I guess Scal is either not the investigative journalist that he thought he was, or he got some false information from somebody else. So... Uh, maybe that's just the same thing. Anyways, it doesn't look like Briscoe is going to come back. The other thing I, I've been asked a lot over the past week is: Is god going to be okay? Uh, I, I know he posts a lot on his social media, but I never really know if that's actually in real time or if he just has a little bunch of clips like ready to go viral at any point. Uh, you know, kind of in his in his chamber to uh, post on social media. Anyways, that being said, I. Messaged him briefly. He said he's going to be good to go for this week. So, as far as I'm concerned, you know, he's good to go. And he's going to continue to fight for a trilogy team that, despite being one of the few five and two teams, needs a win just like everybody else. So, I think those are the two biggest things I wanted to cover. No Briscoe for the rest of the year. Hezzy God's good to go. It looked like he broke his hand or cracked his wrist or something on the and one attempt last week. Also... It's like Darnell Jackson's gonna be all right for a second. It looked like he got concussed because he took the gr- the the brunt of, of that you know that fall from Hezy God when he went up and hit that and one. I think yeah they ended up calling it a block right yeah they called it a block because ultimately they got he got the and one on it. But nonetheless I think everyone's okay gonna be good to go. We'll see how much his hand his wrist whatever the case may be will affect him uh, in Trilogy's game against Ballhogs but. Should be interesting. All right. The scenario we have now. First off, Big Three's going back to Detroit for the first time in a while. That's going to be dope. Detroit's always a good turnout. Uh, from what I've seen on TV, I've never actually been in the game. It's a good turnout. There's a lot of guys within the league that are from Detroit. So I'm sure a lot of their families and friends are going to be coming out, which will definitely help the cause. And I think it's going to be a wild ending to the regular season. I think we're going to see some monster performances, some great games. And we got six teams left at this point. So what's on the line? Four playoff spots. Two teams are going home. Four teams are moving on to Washington, D.C. Trilogy versus Ball Hogs. Power versus Triplets. Enemies versus, I'm blanking, Killer 3s versus Ghost Ballers. And enemies versus Tri-State. So four team, or eight teams. Oh, I guess it's eight teams. Why am I thinking six teams? I keep thinking that. Eight teams uh, up for contention. Four teams are going home. Four teams are moving on. And it's it's just going to be really interesting to kind of go through the games really briefly here. Triplets and power, I feel like, is one of the most historic rivalries that we have in the short tenure of the Big Three. It's one of those that I've looked back since triplets joined the Big Three that I look back and say, like, wow. Like, every single game I feel like that I've watched a bad matchup always ends up being good. I feel like if, the, you know, 50 years that the Big Three still running and we still have triplets and power in place, like, that will be one of the most talked about rivalries, you know, as more people catch on that, you know, the big three is a great product and doing a lot of great things here. That'll be one of the more talked about rivalries, you know, in basketball, I think, because it just seems to always be competitive uh, battle of uh, kind of like blue bloods in college. I mean, obviously you have the two, the only two women coaches, the hall of famers, uh, Lisa Leslie and Nancy Lieberman going head-to-head. They both got Coach of the Year. They both got championships in their first year. So, I mean, there's just a lot that goes into the matchup. And, and to now going into a Week 8 game where everything's on the line to get into the playoffs, both teams wanted to get back to not only the playoffs, but a championship. That's going to be a good one. I'm thinking about it. You know, there was a point in time where both these teams were 4-1. And... One and Triplets has won one and lost one. And Power has dropped the past couple to get to this position now. I hate to count out Power. I really do. Because Power always proves me wrong. But it's more so, I think, the way Triplets has been playing. They're finding their groove. Starting to look a little bit like that 2019 team. I'm going to have to say that I think I'm going to go with Triplets over Power in that one. Uh, I would say that Jeremy Pargo has kind of they triplets new since 2021 when teams were starting to figure them out that everything can't be on Joe he needs a supporting cast he needs some help he definitely needs you know a Robin to his Batman and Jeremy Pargo has definitely been that that go to guy when all all the pressure seems to be on Joe or Joe can't get it going or whatever the case may be when he needs a helping hand it seems to be Jeremy Pargo they seem to have that figured out but also Larry Sanders is looking like defensive player of the year again. Jamario Moon's really getting integrated back with the team. I like that triplets team. And that's why I'm going to go with them over power. Although, like I said, power always surprised me. So you never know. They always slip into the playoffs. They've only missed the playoffs once in their franchise history. So I can never count them out. I just I've just been really impressed with what Triplets have been doing. So, yeah, I'm going with Triplets. we um, Looking at another game, enemies and Tri-State, kind of an unfortunate week for enemies because not only did they lose after getting the 2-4 matchup, but it was unfortunate because Quincy Miller got stuck in Canada on a flight. So they only had to got a chance to play with three guys, really. Nick Young didn't play. He was just coaching. But they had three guys who pretty much played the entirety of the game. You could definitely tell that they were fatigued toward the end of the game. They put everything they had and everything they could do. But it pretty much felt like three on five at that point with – Three's company able to rotate out whoever they needed to at the time. So, enemies against the Tri State team, who we just saw Justin Ditman drop 31, and we didn't even see Jason Richardson's best performance. I feel like Tri State's going to come out here really hungry. Um, They're going to be looking to make the most of their opportunity, and I know a lot of things are going to have to fall their way, but you know. If you're in contention, you'll do anything you can. It starts with controlling what you can. And for Tri-State, hey, what they can control is a potential win. So, I'm looking at this as... But Enemies has been really good, too. I mean, I can't fault them. Quincy Miller is getting hot before missing that last game. We know what Jordan Crawford and Elijah Stewart have been doing. To me, personally, I would like to see Enemies get in just because it would be nice to see another team that hasn't made the playoffs enter the mix. You know... Kind of get on the board, so to speak. But if I'm picking between the teams, I think I'm picking Tri-State. Like I said, personally, I would love to see enemies prove me wrong. If I was a betting man, which I haven't been for a while, because I was losing a lot. But if I was a betting man now, I would definitely take Tri-State over enemies. That one, Killer is Ghost Ballers again. Ghost Ballers has made the playoffs. It's been since 2017, so I would love to see them win and have an opportunity to get in. That being said, like, I don't think Killer Threes lets off the gas. We know how gritty and scrappy they are. And they're playing really, really good ball right now. We just saw Josh Powell's best game of the season, which that's a scary sight as well. And obviously we see what Frank and Dante are doing. Dominique Johnson seems to get warmed up. Oh, yeah, and they haven't even unleashed Javier Carter yet. On the flip side, you know, Ghost ballers, it feels, it feels like this is pretty repetitive of what we see every year which is why I would love to see them win and and have a chance to get into the playoffs and make some noise potentially. I mean, Mike's been at an all-star level. Get to that second. Maybe allude to something there. Probably already know at this point. But, hey, just, you know, give this one to me. Jonathan Simmons has been playing well. Just had a, a, you know, a poor second half after a strong start. Feel like they need to use more of Chris Johnson. We'll see what they do. I mean, definitely. This was a game last year that was really competitive with – couple variations within the squads. But this was a game that came down to like a 51-49 win last year. So I'd love to see them use Chris a little bit more. Um, I think he's being a little bit underutilized this year. But we'll see what they go. They definitely have a size fence match for every team they play. So um, in terms of who I think they're going to win. I mean, I just think Killer 3 has been playing so well. But I know Mike's was pretty angry about, from what I heard. Pretty upset with how the team went. I forgot who I heard that from. Someone said that Mike wasn't too happy with the performance. Uh, someone in the community. So, maybe I'll take a Hungry Ghost Ballers. That'll be my upset of the week. I think I'll take Ghost Ballers over Killer Threes in that one. And then, finally, Troji and Ballhawks. I don't know who, who we're, we're going to get from Hezzy God. Again, going back to seeing a team that hasn't made the playoffs. We only got two of those, guys, two of those teams left with Bivlek getting eliminated last week. So, because but again, Trilogy is one of those teams that I feel like you can never count out. Too, I, I feel like I keep second my, guessing myself. I don't know what ballhawks team we're going to get either because I've heard just a couple rumors that a couple people. There's a couple of up in the air situations with a couple people on their team. So, one thing I do know is going to be consistent I, is Earl Clark. So I'm going to go with Trilogy. Unfortunately, this has been the best ball hog season that we've seen to date. But I don't know if 2023 is a year. I'm just going to stick with Trilogy. They've been hot. And if they do have any sort of Hezzy God, still a potential decoy, if anything. But we know Earl can take over games, too. So we will see. Don't need Briscoe. You don't don't necessarily need Hezzy God when you got Earl Clark. So player of the week, too, this past week. He just named uh, this past week for his week seven performance, which is named player of the week. So that's what week eight is looking like. That's on the line. I think one big thing to to mention here, I know that I put a, if you follow the social media pages, I put a lot of emphasis into point differential because typically in the past, that has been something that the big three has used to essentially decide between ties of records. It looks like head-to-head matchups are going to be more important this year. So based off what your head-to-head record is, uh, I guess against each other, and then also teams that you've played, I think point differential does factor, but it's not like the highest on the totem pole in terms of of priority. So it looks like head-to-head is gonna matter. Actually, I do have a note here, so we can look into it a little bit more. Yeah, so head-to-head record, head-to-head point differential, irrelevant only played once, Point differential all games, record versus common opponents, and then point differential versus common opponents. So, yeah, head-to-head, if all teams are tied, play each other equal number of games, then goes by. Then it goes by record against the group of tied teams. This is a little confusing to explain, so I'm not going to try to just say it and hope that you guys can figure it out. But I think the... Uh, just the, the main thing to to think about when when thinking about how the standings end up, and we'll obviously figure that out at the end of Saturday's game, is that head-to-head record, head head record is going to be the biggest tiebreaker here. So just something to think about. I think teams like Enemy who have beat Killer Threes, who have beat Power, who have beat Ball Hogs, are in a good position. Trilogy's in a good position. Um, Killer Threes in a decent position. I think what I should, to, on the flip side, Struggling with words, I guess today. But on the flip side, I don't think Power is in the best position. Losing the enemies, losing the killer threes, uh, they've lost to Tri-State, which that's not, a, I guess, a huge deal if they lose the triplets, probably done. But I think at the end of the day, control what you can for each team. Every team's going to go in hoping to get a win. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm pumped for it. I'm amped. It's going to be maybe arguably the best week eight that I've personally ever seen, just because so many teams are in contention contention like i feel like typically we don't have so many teams like we have one team certified at the top that's pretty much like already uh clinched their spot in the playoff like last year it was three-headed monsters like clinched their spot was just about like where they were gonna fall in seating this year like nobody has clinched their spot and the one seat can potentially be knocked out if something's you know fall in the right place now keyword threes does have an advantage not only with beating teams Within the, uh, within the mix of teams that are still in it, but also, too, with the point differential, if that does come into play, being having, like, a plus 40, plus 53, I think, point differential. So that does help in their favor. But for teams like Ball Hogs, who in the past, point differential would have been great, but uh, doesn't really matter this year and haven't necessarily beat a lot of these teams that they're going to be going up against. You know, it's tough. So all that being said... I'm stoked, and I think Detroit's going to get a great show. I wish I was out there. I'm jealous of everybody in Detroit, but make sure you represent out there uh, within the Big Three. And the last thing I want to mention here is that about 30 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago, 45 minutes ago, the All-Star teams were announced for the Big Three. They also announced a celebrity game, but I think everybody would rather know the All-Star game first. So let's go through all-stars first off it's important to note that three-headed monsters and aliens will not have any representatives i felt like for the most part that was pretty fair because one those teams only played well not necessarily because of the games they played but it was just a tough season for them both. the both three-headed monsters and aliens both had a host of different players that were playing this year for them and some of those guys maybe only played three games and they didn't have enough enough games under the belt because like someone like brandon moss i was thinking like maybe could be an all-star but only played three games you know I do think that Giannis Tima might have been the only one that was snubbed. He played five games. He was one of the top scorers in the league before sitting out the last game to go play in FIBA, you know, get ready for FIBA Euro Cup, playing for his home country of Latvia. But I also think that's part of the reason that maybe he wasn't named an All-Star. It's because, like, he couldn't make it because he will be playing in the World Cup. So, I don't know. Maybe I at least could have named him one. But I thought he had a terrific season despite, you know, how alien season went. But, you know, in his rookie year putting points up, um, shooting the three-ball well. That would say I was the only stub. Now, five teams had multiple All-Stars. So, Killer Threes, Ball Hogs, Triplets, Trilogy, and... Am I missing one there? I said five. I said Killer Threes, Ball Hogs, oh, and Enemies is the last one, and Power. Oh. Trilogy, Triplets, Enemies, Killer Threes, Ball Hogs, Okay, it's five or, five or six. I can't I can't count anymore. So, five or six teams had multiple All-Stars on on the team. Let's just go through the list here. So, your 2023 Big Three All-Star players for this season. Michael Beasley, Joe Johnson, Gerald Green, Leandro Barbosa, Franklin Session and Dante Green, Elijah Stewart and Hesigod, Royce White, Mike Taylor, Jeremy Pargo, Jason Richardson, Jody Meeks, Jordan Crawford, Earl Clark, and Glenn Rice Jr. So, Pretty solid bliss right there. They also at the celebrity game. They're gonna have NLE Choppa back, I think. Brandon Davis is coming back. Said is going TO is gonna be playing in it. A boogie's gonna be playing with it. Wally and a uh, Wallow and Gilly. I just mixed their names up, but they're both gonna be back in it. So man, I'm I don't know if I'm more jealous of going to Detroit <laughs> or going to, to London on August 26th for the championship and the all-star game. I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be sick. Uh, is it the championship or the All Star Game? I gotta think. They're they're like kind of switching up a little bit because last year they had all three of those events on one day. This year they got. I don't man. I'm I'm having trouble like thinking of when all this stuff when all this stuff is going on. Okay, perfect. So the Celebrity Game is going down on August 19th. So that'll be the first playoff game. So we get you'll get the first. You'll get the playoffs. So the two games that are involved in the playoffs, you'll get to see those four teams and then the celebrity game. And then London will where you get the all-star game and the championship game. Okay, so this year, I guess it makes sense. They're not going to fly out all the celebrities to London to play in that. So a little bit different this year. You don't get your your three-for-one deal like you did last year. But nonetheless, congrats to all those people named all-stars. I think that a lot of them, I think all of them are really well-deserved. It's pretty incredible to see like what some of these these guys have done, and their first year, if uh, they're being named the second time All Star, that's that's pretty incredible because you're the first player in Big Three history to have two All Star, you know, two All Star selections under your belt. But I got to give a lot of props to to Ryan Carter. Has he got? I mean, four games in, monster performances, and then named a named a Big Three All Star. Like that's pretty incredible to to go from not being drafted. And kind of doing your own thing and doing it your way and then being named an All-Star, that's pretty, that's pretty dope. So, uh, love to see all the representation from the teams, though. So, I, I think it still would be cool, kind of like the MLB All-Star, where you do at least, like, maybe the players vote in, like one player from each of those teams. like Because, you know, you like a little representation from each team. But I get it, I get it. Um, some teams just had a tough year this year and didn't necessarily warrant an All-Star selection. So, all that being said... Who do you guys feel like got snubbed? I'd love to hear your thoughts. And that's pretty much going to wrap up the first half of this show. No, a lot of it was just me blabbering and rumbling about what happened last week, what happens this week, the all-stars and not being able to get my dates, right. But I appreciate you guys sticking with me as always coming up. We have a great interview with triplets, Jamario moon. So make sure you stick around. And again, if you're not already follow on fourth man pod on all social media, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and I'm going to shut up now. Let's get to our interview with triplets Jamario Moon. Today, we're welcomed on the show by NBA veteran, dunk contest participant, and current triplets wing Jamario Moon. Jamario, thanks for coming on the show and appreciate your time. How's it going?
0: hey man anytime man i appreciate you having me on man you make me feel famous
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey you're famous in uh this podcast eyes and my eyes and uh you've done a lot for the the big three and i kind of want to talk about obviously the conversation will be centered a lot around the big three but i kind of want to talk a little bit about a couple things before uh, the journey of getting to the actual big three i mean for you, I find your journey super interesting because you're no stranger to playing in different kinds of leagues. I mean, NBA, right. overseas, D-League, TBL. I'm probably missing a few there, the big three.
0: That's all right. there's a, a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, it might be hard to pick one, but do you have a favorite memory from any experience in the league? And then do you have a favorite or, like, do you have a biggest life lesson from any of you, those you,
0: leagues? Uh, when you say league, do you mean in the, the big three or or the NBA? any of those leagues because like everywhere i play man i make the most of it so all of them you know i've I've met a lot of people every a lot of good people everywhere i played you know and i'm a people's person so i try Mm. to get along with with everybody and i try to make everybody happy bring some some type of joy and smile you know put a smile on on people's faces wherever i go man so you know everywhere i played you know all the people that I've been around. I I pretty much you know made tried to make the most of it. So all, every stop I made was was great to me in some type of way. You know, so it's hard for me to it's, it's really hard for me to pick one one particular stop. You know, one particular team, and you know put that one above the other because it's always something good at every stop. And I just try to find a find a way to find a positive in everywhere I go. For sure. So kind of compartmentalizing the moment to
1: that singular right. moment rather than right. Okay, okay. Do you have a biggest life lesson from any uh, from playing in any of those leagues that uh, you feel like moving into the next league or even now in your career that uh, still sticks with you? Uh,
0: listen, my my biggest life lesson, man, is just enjoy enjoy every moment, enjoy every second, because at any moment it can be you know wiped away. It can it can be taken away, man. And it's millions of players that's trying to play wherever they can play. It's, it's it's millions of people, you know, millions of players that want your position no matter where it is, you know, at the smallest league or at the highest level. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a player that's that's always looking to play. You always want an opportunity. So wherever you play, don't look at where you play. Don't 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 find a negative if you're at the, you know, bottom, at a so-called bottom league. Don't find the negative. Always find a positive and try to soak up that moment and, and make the most of it because it can be wiped away and you could be not playing basketball period you know what i'm saying and, and if you love the game you're gonna try to find something positive about it anyway so my biggest life you know uh my biggest lesson life lesson or my or words of advice would be just you know enjoy every moment for what it is man yeah
1: that's it i think that gets lost too especially in, in 2023 just with everything right. social media. I mean, like you, you hear it every day. You probably have these conversations <laughs> probably just at any moment in time, you can, it feels like a topic of discussion, but it, I really do feel like it needs to be kind of brought up just like constantly and constantly just being right. discussed because people do kind of get lost. Don't get lost in the moment enough. So.
0: Right. Good point. And don't, and it don't even have to be basketball, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. you do, you know, because everybody's not going to be an athlete. Everybody's not going to be an actor or actress, you know, music mogul you know everybody's not going to be that. so whatever you're doing enjoy it if, mm-hmm. if you're not enjoying what you're doing you should probably find something else to do you should probably find what you enjoy doing because you, you should be happy yeah whatever you're doing you should be happy or you know be able to make the people around you happy so yeah just, just enjoy it
1: it's not always easy too but i think it's always worth the uh worth the journey to try to make it happen so maybe that's right. the enjoyment in it too and maybe that's part of the the process if you don't enjoy the journey as well like you right. to find something else so and
0: maybe that's why i played in all the different places i played because i sure. just enjoy the game you know i enjoy playing i enjoy being around people so it was cool for me to just go from here to here you know a lot of people always say dang man you play with everybody or you played all over the place why didn't you just you know stay here or something Hey man, I enjoy everywhere I played. It's basketball. For sure. <laughs> Wherever you go, it's the same game. Basketball is the same. So. Yeah.
1: Well, that's funny too because you probably have the bat. They always say the basketball community is like small, especially if you if you're a player and play professionally at some point in your life. So you got to right. know like everybody in that community at this point, right? I mean,
0: man, I I have <laughs> met so many people across the world playing basketball, and it and it it's amazing. To to, like if say if i'm walking through the airport and to run into some of those people again it's like oh man i remember. and then it brings back all the memories all the you know the good times that's why you got to try to make the most of them because right. once you see some of the people from way back you know 10 15 years ago and you as soon as you see their face all the memories just start coming back you know what i'm saying <laughs> For so sure you got to soak it up man i'm I mean, at I'm, I'm enjoying everywhere I go. <laughs> 100%. And I'm happy to see you still playing in the big three, which we'll
1: get to in a second. But I do want to right. talk about a good time of yours that was on a little bit of a bigger stage. Back in 08, you are in the dunk contest. And right. two of the people you're going against is Dwight Howard and Gerald Green. Um, you know, some <laughs> people call them some of the best dunkers ever, especially for Gerald. I mean, going right. into that, uh, what was your kind of your mindset of just going in and be like, man, like these are my competition, because like no offense to the people in the dunk contest today, but it just it just doesn't hit the same like it did back then, and, and probably not but, the same type of competition.
0: <laughs> man, listen, when I when I got the invite to be in the dunk contest, all I think I had the same feeling I had when Sam Mitchell told me that they was gonna sign me in Toronto my rookie year. It was like, oh man, I. Just, I used to watch Jordan and, you know, all these different people in the dunk contest, and now I get to be on the same stage and, you know, a country boy coming from Alabama. Yeah. You know, came up through all the different minor leagues, man, and now I'm about to be on one of the biggest stages in front of the whole world. Man, that feeling was so crazy, man. And then, like, I really honestly wouldn't even – I, I mean, I knew I was going against Dwight, Gerald. you know, I think Rudy was in there. Yeah. You know, I, I knew I was going against, you know, some of the best dunkers, man. But I'm like, hey, I mean, if they, if I got an invite, yeah. I must be one of the best dunkers in the league at the time too, you know. That's so nice. it, I was just ready to get to New Orleans, man, and just enjoy the experience, man. It was, it was fun. Yeah. It was
1: fun. Man, that sounds yep. fun. And you got to see some crazy dunks in person, like pretty up close, like the oh, memorable yeah. ones, you know, from – Definitely. from those guys that's cool
0: i i did, I did hey, but and you say you say the dunk the dunk contest now don't hit the same but the the last one that you know that that's in my memory bank memory bank is uh aaron gordon exactly that, he, now okay, that, that one was
1: different that one was different come
0: on right that one's different for sure but i can't take nothing away from them no you you definitely can't i
1: think it's more of like it's it comes to a certain point where, like, you really got to be creative. It's like with anything. Like, if you yeah. if you're making a new movie or a new television show, like, you kind of see the same ideas being recycled over and over right. again. It's just hard to create right. something new. I think Aaron and Zach did a really good job of doing that when they when they Definitely. were in the dunk contest. But Definitely. maybe they just also got some crazy,
0: some crazy athleticism that was helping them out too. Right. I mean, I don't know. Hey man, because at some point, you you know, we pretty much. We feel like anyway that we've seen most you know all the For sure. that's mm-hmm. humanly possible. Mm-hmm. But you know every time you say that somebody will come along, you be like, "Wait a minute now, how?" You know, <laughs> yeah. like these guys are just dunk on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, if some of the, if if some of the the NBA guys you know start saying that they don't want to do the dunk contest. And they start pulling these YouTube guys and just let them do the dunk contest. I guarantee it to be real entertaining. Yeah, and and you know, it create opportunities for people that you know that deserve opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I really don't think you sh- you because it's All Star Weekend. It's really like entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I really think like people deserve an opportunity to be out and try to you know create new avenues for themselves. You know what I'm saying? You don't. Ha- I don't think you should have to be in the NBA to, to, you know, have a moment like that. For sure, for sure.
1: That's that's a good point. And, two, it's crazy because, like, I've seen kids now that you see them dunking on mini hoops at a young age and they might go viral for some moment. And I actually saw one the other day that I saw maybe, like, a few years back, and now he's, like, transitioning, like, still dunking. He's transitioning to, like, an outside hoop and, like, just trying to um, get to the 10-foot hoop and be able to dunk on it, but still trying those dunks. They're like, I don't know, like, we might have some crazy (laughs) – Dunker come like 10, 20 years from now, just right. like, it's like gonna be somebody. Yeah, for sure. Um, quickly, I want to ask, cause I'm also from the South too. I'm not, I'm not from, from Bama, but you know, I'm from Tennessee, Georgia, uh, around right. that area. Now going from, from Bama, then going up to a new country in Toronto. I mean, what's the, the change of scenery, like the experience, like, um, <laughs> just going to a completely new country, uh, you know, hey. coming from, from
0: Alabama. Listen, man, it was you coming where, where I'm from, we had one traffic light, right? So it was pretty much, you know, it was easy to get, go here. You could, with your eyes closed, you know? Mm. So going from one traffic light to one of the biggest cities, <laughs> one of the biggest cities in Canada. Yeah. I thought, Listen, I, I thought I would never learn how to get around. When I got there, I, I made sure I got my, my uh, apartment was like, if I come out my apartment, I just drive straight down the hill. Yeah. And I'm at the I'm at the Air Canada Center. <laughs> I try to keep everything in a in one little bubble. I I feel you it. Know, so I didn't get lost. But you know, thank God for GPS. For hundred percent. But, but it, it was it was nice though, man. Like when I when I got there, you know, you know, we got the southern the southern southern hospitality.
1: For for sure. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah
0: people in toronto man i i think they must have came from the south because they greeted you know they they made me feel welcome yeah you know they made me feel real welcome man and and i think that kind of you know put me at ease a little bit you know you when you're from the country and you hear big city you think you know all kind Mm. of craziness happening but man toronto is one of the most laid-back Fun, but they, you know, they partied in Toronto, but it was, it was like a clean party, you know what I'm saying? For sure. It for wasn't, sure. You, it wasn't really nothing breaking off, like to make me feel like, oh man, kind of nervous, you know? It was, <laughs> it was never one of those moments, man. So Toronto really made me feel at home.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely feel like if you're gonna go from like any, like, because the South is hospitable. If you're gonna go to any other place in the world, like that's in terms of playing basketball in the NBA, like that's the best part of the the uh the continent you could go to so yeah i was just asking that question knowing kind of like going through bama before and kind of going through some like you know like i would say the outskirts necessarily but they're a little bit like rural areas but there's not a lot going right. around so i was curious about that right.
0: about that experience hey, man, but listen, we we we, we are bama, bama people man we know how to go and adjust you know <laughs> we, we can adjust to, to any type of environment <laughs> i feel that i feel that um all
1: right let's like kind of go up to your journey to the big three. Um, You know, your first game in the big three was in 2018. So you're one of the more experienced players in this league at this point. But what's really, and I don't know, because we have a lot of new listeners, obviously, a lot of new people engage with the big three at this point here in season six. But in season two, when you first came in, I mean, your your debut game was insane. 24 points, hit the (laughs) game-winning four-pointer for three-headed monsters. I guess what were you doing before that call-up? Because you came in with like a – you came in with a mindset and attitude like I'm here and I'm here to stay. I guess just walk us through the the mindset of like getting that first call up, and then also to what you were feeling
0: heading into that first game after you hit a couple shots. Man, when, before I got the call, you know, I like a lot of the guys like I work out with anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the guys in the big three, and so a lot of them know you know how I play. They know what I bring to the table. And before I got the call, I was playing in you know little leagues around Atlanta. Okay. You know, I play everywhere. Wherever they say they're playing, you know, if it's on the north side, side whatever, you know, I play in all the leagues just to make sure, you know, I'm ready to play when it's time to go play. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I got the call, man, actually, one of the guys that, uh, you know, that helped the Three-Headed Monsters named CJ. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, CJ. Yeah, yeah, CJ. Mm-hmm. He's CJ, like the air yeah, assistant CJ, Yeah. Right. So, you know, CJ, you know, he, he knew me from playing pickup. You know, we work. Yeah. I work out with my mood every now and then, and so you know we used to have shooting drills, and you know we just we used to play together. So he was familiar with me. So he, you know, told it like I think um, Rashad got hurt that year. That was the year and, he
1: Achilles, I think.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So so CJ told him, you know, Brain Moon, and I know he in shape because all yeah. I do is work out every day. You know, that's why that's why I got this on now. I just came from oh, working out. Nice, nice. So so uh, you know, CJ like I know Moon in shape he can shoot, you know, he can defend every position. So let's bring him in. And, you know, when I once I got there, I was, you know, still thinking about 2017 when I didn't get drafted. You know, yeah. I'm like, man, I went to the camp. I went to the combine. You know, I I, I felt like I played great. And, you know, I felt like I should have been drafted. So that's the positive. You know, I, I just use it as positive motivation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I said, I'm going to go out here and I'm just going, I ain't going to look over my shoulders. I'm just going to play and let them know, you know, that I should have been in the league. So, you know, I went out, and my shot was falling, man, and GP was over there like, hey, man, just play your game. Do what you do. And it all worked out, man. You know, thank, thank Reggie for kicking it out to me for the four-pointer, man, to win the game. I'm about to <laughs> say, that's bold. Was... That's bold in your first game,
1: just like, <laughs> hey, for, for four, the for the win, let's do it.
0: <laughs> the circles ain't there for no reason. So, you know, yeah. it, was, it was only right. <laughs> man, that was an incredible moment. I just Hey, and, and I and I can hit her the announcer in my head all the time. Move for four to win. Yeah. Jamario Moon from another planet with the game winner. that, that that's oh, that's a classic. Forever, that's forever
1: ingrained play. in big three history, man. That's one of the best games, one of the best debuts I've ever seen. So I mean, I, yeah, I
0: appreciate
1: it, man. For four is is crazy though. Like just like to have the yeah. guts to do that. I mean when you're feeling it, you're feeling it. So I
0: I definitely right. The way the, the way the game was going, hey, my, I might as well. Yeah. And it was, that's the only thing that was on my mind. I don't know if you've seen it, but I, I slid right over to the four and I never left. I was like if they kick it, i and <laughs> shoot it. <laughs> yeah. And
1: Reggie uh, you know, always find a way to get the ball. Somehow, some way he's oh. gonna get a rebound. He's gonna get a loose ball, some something, some way, yeah. somehow. So just a matter of him getting yeah. it there. Um, I want to go back to what you said just a second ago, you, you know, you're a little disappointed that you were undrafted in 2017. Mm -hmm. For some reason, that still seems to be the case here in 2023, despite, you know, your success on three headed monsters, the early success you on ghost ballers before you were traded to triplets where you also won a championship there with a really good team. Right. And then even last year, what you brought to the table for a three headed monster team that needed you down the stretch but right. i feel like people just continue to sleep on you why do you why do you feel that is that you're continuously going undrafted despite every team you're on being successful
0: right i mean i don't i don't know you know we'll never know what the you know the reason is but yeah. you know I'm, uh, people you know they like they like who they like yeah you know to be honest they, you know they like who they like man and so they you know and they have every right to draft who they want to draft Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, build build a team how they want to build it. And like this this year when I didn't get drafted, it didn't really feel like the other years when I didn't get drafted. I was it was kind of like, you know, like I'm I'm at ease, you know, I'm just I'm in a different space, you know, so I'm like in a different place. So it didn't really feel like it didn't feel bad. I didn't feel no type of negative energy or nothing sure. like that. And uh, you know, I was just like, you know what? Just like always, you know, you know, some some somebody may out. call once mm-hmm. the season start. You know, the season may not be going a certain way because you know you can't afford to lose two or three games early in the big three. No, I know, you know people make switches quick. <laughs> right, so you know, I was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna be positive. You know, somebody, the phone will be ringing. You know, if not, I'll just like always, I'll be ready to go to the combine and show them I'm still in shape. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still ready to play. And sure enough, you know, uh, the triplets called me. You know, the triplets called me and gave me another opportunity to come over and, and, and you know, rock with them. And, you know, we're doing pretty good right now. We got a must-win coming yeah. in in uh, Detroit. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure everybody come in focused, man, and so we can handle our business, man. But, you know, to answer your question, though, to, to really answer your question, you know, like I was saying, people, you know, have – you know, they, they have their guy that yeah, they yeah. feel comfortable with, and I have no problem with that. My my only problem with, when I like, when I'm watching the draft, like, if I see somebody that I feel like, like, I know I'm going to bring more than that person, but I know mm-hmm. the relationship that that person has with, with who drafted them, you know? I kind of feel like I should have got drafted, but at the same time, I'm like, I can understand their relationship, you know what I'm saying? Makes sense. And yeah. if it don't work out, you know, somebody will be be, be ringing my Android.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, relationships do go a long way within the draft. I know there's a lot of politics when it comes to, like, who, you, who you're putting on your team. But, it, right. I don't know. For me, I've seen a few players. I'm not going to name drop anybody. A few players that get drafted year in and year out. And mm. while they might have good relationships, I feel like it doesn't necessarily contribute to winning. And you see that year after year. It's not a game after game basis at this point. You know, like, first couple of games, okay, it's not. it didn't work out. We'll move on. It's like they might be with the team for the whole year and it doesn't seem to work out. So it's just, I guess that's why it kind of baffles me when you see vets in the league that have played in this league, have brought a lot of winning success, know how to, like, have chemistry with their teammates, especially in this league. I don't know. I guess that's just right. why it, it it's hard for me to understand why you're never drafted. And even to right. the point where, like, and we didn't, do a, we didn't do a mock draft this year. I think we did one last year. But it even comes to the point where it's like, well, you want to put them in a spot, like, because you think they'll be drafted. You think they should be drafted. But right, you just kind of know that's not how it's going to go. It's going to be a later season right. pickup
0: kind of thing. So, right, you know, I can't remember if you did a mock this year or not, but I remember you posting something, and I put I put like some little eyes up under the post. Like, like
1: yeah, really, I had you go in first
0: round. I think
1: not this past year because the the draft was kind of discussed a little bit later, like, leading up to it. But it was a year before I had you go into Bivouac because I thought you'd be a good fit with their team and what they had at the time. And, you know, end up playing with their head monsters. It is what it is kind of thing. You were in the playoffs and they weren't, so maybe it worked out.
0: (laughs) Right. Hey, man, listen, one thing I'm going to do, regardless of whatever happens with the draft, I'll always be ready to play whenever they do call. Mm. They know that. They know if anybody in the league, is in shape? Is working out and ready to play? They know it's me. Yeah. So you know, if they looking at the, if they actually looking at the, the draft board and looking at the players, is when you get to my name, you don't have to ask the question like, man, I wonder is he ready to play? Is he in shape? Is he been working? You never have to ask that question. Everybody <laughs> that know me, all they got to do is go down my my IG. Yeah. That's all <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's it. Um, so
1: got to make sure. Speaking of everybody knowing you, um, I want to bring up just like a, something that doesn't, ha- that doesn't happen to a lot of people in the big three and hasn't happened in a while in the sense that you were traded from ghost ballers to triplets back in 2019 before you guys won that championship. Now, it's, right. got, it's a little bit different in the big three because, you know, you guys might be on the same practice floor together. You guys see each other in the same hotel. It's not right. like your typical trade where you're like sent off to a different city. Can you just describe the experience of being traded in the big three and still showing up to the same spot and being like, like you might even see Chris and be like, Yep, we got traded for each other. Like these right. are our new teammates.
0: Actually, what was crazy before I get to that, but what's crazy is we've been in the same locker. You know, we use the same locker room some games. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, I'm right. Uh-huh. So but it, it don't really we don't even really talk about it. I think we might have said something one time, maybe because we won it in 19, then we had the COVID year. Yeah. Well, we didn't do nothing. And then I think we seen each other the, the next season, and we might have said, like, made some type of joke about it or something, man. But, but um, to, to get, get, get traded in the big three, man, was actually, you know what? That year before the draft, Joe actually wanted to draft me. Oh, he, he actually, okay. yeah, he actually wanted because, like I said, we played together. We mm-hmm. all we was playing together at, at a place here in Atlanta. But he wanted to draft me, and I think they, I, I think they was going to take me with a first pick. But then they they needed a big, mm-hmm. so that's when they took Chris because
1: mm-hmm.
0: they wanted everybody that year was getting a big first, big first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they drafted Chris, and then. At the bottom of the first round, Ghost Ballers took me. You went the one and, time you were drafted. <laughs> said again. I said the one time you did get drafted, and they right. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so uh, the Ghost ballers took me at ten, man. actually, you know, we was balling. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> we, we we had a, we had a good thing going over there, man. But uh, I just think they felt like they might have needed you know, a different look, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't even believe uh the ghost ballers traded me, you know, it's cause we were playing so good at the time. Yeah, you were. But yeah, but but um I guess uh Joe and Mike Mike baby talked about it and you know and they, they kinda worked something out man. I got me a ring out of it. So, you know, you ready, you you get a ring at any level. I don't care where it is, man. yeah, that's something. And yeah. I'm I'm happy about that ring. <laughs> hey, 100%. so we're trying to get another one this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you're back with the squad, just wearing a different number. But yeah, I actually want to talk right. about the the chip. You guys won in 2019. Obviously, Joe had an incredible season. He was MVP of the league coming into right. it, uh, was just at all time level his first year in. But I do feel like what kind of goes unnoticed a little bit is kind of the chemistry that you guys had on that team with mm-hmm. you, Joe, Al, Gennaro, right. and then Double A. On that, it just felt like an unreal chemistry that you couldn't you couldn't find anywhere else in the league. You guys felt unstoppable at times. What do you what do you feel like made that team so special in order to you know that win that championship in
0: 2019? I think mean, because every, nobody tried to get outside of that game. Mm-hmm. Everybody just did what they do. We knew just like now, you know, we knew that you know it was Joe's team, and you find your role, you find what you need to bring to the table to add to what Joe is doing just like now you know what I'm saying we know we know the ball go through go through joe everybody in the arena knows the ball going through joe so like for me it's like okay when 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 joe scores or whatever happens when it when it transitions i got to be ready to guard whoever it is mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i'll i'll go the best player on the team i'll guard the worst player on the team you know it don't make me no difference so i know i got to get the rebound i got to play defense and and knock down some open shots you know when the opportunity presents itself. So, you know, with, with that team we had in in 2019, man, you couldn't really you couldn't double team for real. No. You know, he, he he you throw we throw it into Joe and we space the floor. Now you got double A out there. You got uh, me in the other corner. You got Janeiro. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You couldn't like where were you gonna hit from?
1: Yeah. And he had
0: out down you know, low, so, so he always had someone to to dump it down to if he needed to. Right, and I I think that's what we're gonna have to do going into the you know this next game and then the playoffs in DC, man. I think that we're gonna have to you know we're gonna have to feed Joe and space the floor and he kicked it to the open shooters and we just got to be ready to knock it down. But the but our number one thing we got to do is defend.
1: Yeah. You what know, do you, what do you think do. of this matchup with Power? This seems like always a competitive matchup when it's triplets and Power, like regardless of the oh, year. Of
0: of course, because Lisa going, you know, she going to demand the best out of her players. And, you know, Nancy going to demand the best from her players, man. She They got some fighters over there, you know, they, with Glenn and, and Royce, and Matter of fact, their whole team, mm-hmm. the whole team, man, they got some fighters over there. You know, we got some fighters over here just going, hey, who going to who, who gonna be still standing when the bell rings? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, seriously, like, thats it's really going
1: to be a dogfight out there. It's just, like, this nope. is, like, a historic, not a historic matchup, but, like, when you talk about rivalries and, rivalries in sports, I feel like as the Big Three continues to grow, this will be one of those rivalries. Like, it doesn't matter who's on the team. Triplets, powers, always seems right. like one of those,
0: like, just go-to yeah. matchups then, that you want to watch. Yeah, it's two women coaches.
1: You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So, you know,
0: they're going to demand the best and you can't do nothing but respect them. You know, that's I think that's why I really think that's why both the like uh Nancy's team and Lisa's team are always, you know, in the mix. Mm-hmm. Because the, the players respect them so much. Yeah. You know, when you know you don't have testosterone going at testosterone like the, <laughs> like uh you know, if you got a man head coach and he say something to you, now y'all clashing. You you know, both of y'all barking at each other. Right. It's never it's never that. It's never really that with you know with, with uh, Lisa and Nancy because you you know you gotta respect.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and they talk a lot about Nancy's preparation. Um, not saying they don't talk about Lisa's, but I would like to know from, just from you, you know, what's her coaching style and and just how prepared does she come every game because we get glimpses uh, of it. But man,
0: I'd I like I wish the... I had a notebook. I <laughs> wish I had a notebook in front of me, man. Lisa come to practice. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. This is what we're gonna do. Okay. They... They got this, you know. We we're gonna do this, and you know, it's pages, page, paid page, page. Oh, this we they got this set. This what they like to do over this set. This what this player likes to do. Uh, this what this player likes to do on this set. You gotta watch. You know, she really comes in with her coach's book. That's crazy. And she like she she got notes. She is on top of the game. She she's not just there just for smiles and autographs. You know, she really come prepared and she trying to win.
1: What's crazy about that is like. That's all. I'm assuming that's all within a week because you don't know who you're playing. So she's got a family. Right. You know, she's obviously busy with other things. And within right. the week, she's writing all those notes down. That. That's insane.
0: She probably probably as soon as she get on her flight, or maybe once they announce the matchups, she go right to it. She probably turn her uh, turn her TV on and start watching games and see what what player tendencies are and everything, man. So she she is. Well prepared, I say that we we know exactly what the other team wants to do and what the other players want to do. That's amazing. It seems like it doesn't even matter. Like even when you guys
1: were playing aliens, it was like she was well prepared, didn't take anybody lightly, yeah. despite the being yeah, on
0: this team. Yeah, yeah, she she was always prepared. But hey, the aliens came out like they had something. Like we are gonna get a win today against you guys. Mm-hmm. They they really was they they was punching. Yeah, they came. They it was punch- just that uh, second half they. They
1: took a haymaker
0: and they couldn't recover from it. Right. Um, right. Yeah, we just got we we uh and then I think we did it another game. Well, uh, we're not really, not really. Well, we just played the ball Hawks. They uh like the second half they came out strong, man. But we just got to find a way to keep our foot on the gas. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying respect. The, the, no matter the the uh the record, we gotta respect the opponent. Yeah. You know. What I'm saying?
1: Well, I mean, this year is a little bit different. There's a chance that we could have six, five, and three teams if everything goes a certain way after this week. Obviously, you don't want to be well, five you, and three. You, you want to be six and two, don't. right? <laughs> we, I understand that, but I do think it just kind of shows a testament to the 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 talent and the competition this year. You right. being someone who's played in the league since 2018, I mean, where does this rank in terms of talent level, competition, in comparison to all the years you've played? Oh
0: uh, man, I think the 2019 season was was pretty talented too. I think though. 2019 was good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2019 was talented. I I like, you know, me coming from you know a, a small town, going to a small school, and then you know working my way up through all the leaves to make it to the to the uh, NBA. I I kind of like how they they're letting different people get opportunities. You Same. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like a God coming in, and, mm-hmm. you know, doing his thing. You know, so a lot of a lot of guys just, you know, you don't have the NBA on your resume, but you can play. Yeah. You know, I, I'm all for somebody coming into the league playing that can actually play. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Other than just you know, you know, just come on in and you know, cause you, we you want it to look good on TV. For sure. You want to? You for sure. Got to make sure you put out a good product. And I I but I like the fact that that uh, those guys that's coming from overseas and, you know, the street ball people are getting the opportunity to, you know, show what they can do, man. It it feels good. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I feel like,
1: well, first off, they're, they're putting on a good show too. Like, has he got right. – I thought Brandon Moss was really good for three-headed monsters too. I mean, just guys getting the new opportunities. But, hey,
0: man, you he from Belmont, man.
1: Come on, <laughs> Brandon. From it's got to be it. It's got to be it. <laughs> but in 2019, it did feel like it was a little bit more um, – I guess the best way to put it is like star-studded where they did add a lot of names. It felt like right. there was a lot of respect on the league from the previous years and people wanted their opportunity. Whereas this year, it's right. like people get more chances. But it's kind of like weird when you think about the big three. It's kind of like – the star Wars like series where in the sense you had like the three old movies and then there was Uh a gap and then you have the three new movies. And I kind of feel like it's with the big three. You had the 2017 to 2019 where it's like brand new and then getting up to like maybe the peak years Then you had the no season. And then you're kind of like starting over a sense, like seeing who's still interested trying to draw everybody in. And then now we're kind of at that peak again where it's like stadiums are being almost filled out. Viewership is an all time high so it's cool to see, and I think that like might even bring a different level to uh, to twenty twenty four. You know, not thinking ahead
0: too far, but just could bring a different <laughs> right. level. Hey, twenty twenty four ain't too far here. You gotta <laughs> think ahead, man. You gotta listen. They always say you gotta speak it into existence, right? So, For sure. Hey, don't be afraid to speak it into existence, man. But you know, I I, I can see the the uh, the big three, like especially this year, man. I'm looking at some of the arenas, like okay. You know, we we back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it you feels know, like 2019 I, again. Right, like in well, Charlotte, man. Charlotte was it was a nice crowd in Charlotte. You know, it, it was nice. So, you know, I, I can see the the, the big three. Is, it's only gonna grow, man. It, it, but it can't just be with Ice Cube. You know, it's got to be with us too. You yeah. know, the players got to help. They, we got to help the league grow too, man. That you know, and and that goes with, you know, you know we have like you know certain stuff that. CBS don't want us to – you know, you can't be acting crazy. on, You know, it's mic'd up. You can't be acting crazy. You right. know, you got to present a good product. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to start with us, man. We got to we, – we just got to help the league grow. We got to do what we got to do to help the league, you know, be around.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I was talking with Jordan Crawford last week, and he brought up a good point. It's more about not what the big three hasn't done. It's what you guys have done and what you can bring to the table. And so, you make a good point right. in the sense of, like, not only are you helping grow the league, but you got to do the right things in order to make right. sure that it grows at the level you want it to. So, right, yeah, uh, I'm excited about this this next week coming up. Um, obviously, a, a tough matchup with Power, but within right. the midst of all this, it seems like it's kind of a fun get together weekend to kind of hang out with some of the you know teammates, uh, guys you've known for a long time. I guess. What are some of your favorite moments? Not necessarily on the court, but just about getting to travel, like, week to week with these guys and uh,
0: see these guys every weekend? Man, listen, man, it just, it just feels like the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, well, as far as, you know, first-class travel, nice hotel, you know, hanging out with the guys, you know, going to eat and, you know, tell a few lies to each other, you know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> Laugh and just just talk crazy, man. It's just the same – you get the same feel as you, as you do with – playing anywhere else, man. Like some of the, like going overseas playing, you know, it's the same yeah. as, you know, getting together with them guys. It's just being around the, you know, being being around the field, like sitting in the barbershop, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Sitting in the barbershop, just talking crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And getting, getting a good chuckle. But, you know, it's it's uh, you know, they treat us well, man. They fly, they, you know, we fly first class. The ho- first class hotels, man, everybody's professional. All the people that, you know, from from Ice Cube all the way to you know the 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 people in in the uh in the offices you know what i'm saying so every everybody is professional you know, know and it just yeah. feel good to to leave every weekend to come you know be around be around those people man cuz everybody got great personalities everybody smiling Everybody's laughing yeah you know even when i know like especially like jerry you know jerry you know he yeah, he jerry. <laughs> back and forth in the in the arena but if you call jerry or you stop him and talk to him he boom he he right there that's like yeah 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 i got you you yeah. know what i'm saying so yeah man but but it, it feels good every weekend to, to get on jerry nerds <laughs> <laughs> shout out jerry uh
1: um, right love that love that well um appreciate the conversation uh looking forward to detroit and how that turnout is i know that detroit typically is a big crowd so detroit right. and then hopefully we see you in dc where i think that's the first time i'm coming there but should be a good turnout as well but best of luck this weekend and uh Appreciate your time. Hey
0: man, three in a row. We got to get three in a. You know, you know what happens if you get three in a row from here. Now, what happens when you get three in a row from here? You know, another. There exactly. another one of these things exactly. right here. Really? Listen, the next the next person you interview, man, you can't be having Corey little stinky jersey back there. You got to put that person's jersey back there, man. Get Corey out. I only of got
1: here. I only got so many jerseys right here. I got Joe's. It's signed. It just needs a frame. So Joe's will be right. back up here.
0: Really, we. Really. Listen, by the time you do another Moon interview, we're gonna have to have a Moon jersey back there. Send me a
1: jersey, I'll put it back there. It'll be be right up there every time you come on.
0: Well, listen, just send me your address.
1: (laughs) Sounds good, I appreciate it. Cool, that was our interview with Jamario Moon from Triplets. I just wanna say a big thank you to Jamario for coming on the show, appreciate the time. And if you're really gonna send me a jersey, That'd be much appreciated. That would be dope. Uh, I would take any any of the jerseys you got from your your big three playing days. So appreciate you coming on. I really enjoyed the conversation and getting to know him a little bit better. And thanks to everybody who tuned into this episode. Again, if you're not already, make sure you're following on social media at Fourth Man Pod on all social media platforms. YouTube.com/slash Fourth Man Pod for the visual version for other content that you can actually see with your own two eyes. And a big thank you as always to Believe Network. Hope you guys enjoy week eight. Let me know in the comments who you think is going to be your four playoff teams after a wild week eight. And I'll see you guys next time.